Welcome to a podcast by Gritmakers in the Arts, a national membership association of public and private arts and culture funders. I'm Sherilyn Seeley, GIA's Senior Program Manager. It is a matter of fact that there are large disparities between the grant funding received by Alana or BIPOC organizations versus the grant funding received by white organizations. And while funders do become increasingly more aware of this fact, it's been a bit of a challenge to get more accurate data around how things are changing for the better. So to get some answers to this, GIA is participating in a racial equity coding project, which kicked off as a culmination of research led by Doris Duke Charitable Foundation with Callahan Consulting for the Arts. And so this work actually started back in 2018. And over time, we've had the privilege of working with various funders who are also interested in more accurate data collection, as well as understanding how much funding really is going to Alana or BIPOC organizations. And this episode is part of a larger series. So today on our second episode of this series, we are glad to hear from Eleanor Savage, Program Director at Jerome Foundation, and Tiffany, or T, Wilhelm, Program Officer of Operations at the Opportunity Fund, who will share their experience and insights working on the Racial Equity Coding Project. And so with that, I am going to kick it over to our presenters. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for coming today. Thank you. Thank you, Sherilyn. It's great to be here. Awesome. So how are you showing up today? I am showing up ready. I think that, you know, this is a, a very nuanced uh, area of exploration for a lot of different funders. Uh, people are thinking about how to do data collection and how to use that information. And I'm just excited about the exploration of this. That's great. Thanks, Eleanor. Yeah, and this is Tiffany or T. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm showing up. I'm just trying to be in the practice of being as present, as grounded as I can be, which is just varies from moment to moment, but I feel relatively grounded today. And I think just also just grateful to have been part of this cohort and this project and to be with colleagues in arts philanthropy who are just willing to kind of wrestle together and grapple with these big questions and um, just, yeah, holding some extra gratitude because we're, we're a tiny foundation in this, in this group. And so it's just been a real gift um, to be in these conversations and to, to, to think with folks that are thinking so nationally about this. And Jerome awesome. is a tiny foundation too. So we're the tiny foundations. <laughs> yes, we're hearing from the tiny foundations today and we are so excited. So in our last episode, we talked about the by, for, and about framework and what that means um, by, for, and about BIPOC or Alana communities, how that's unpacked. And um, Adam, Susan, and Maureen talked about kind of going through using the framework and then adding a new level of nuance to that framework um, in order to better understand, you know, what are we saying when we're when we're categorizing organizations and saying an organization is Alana or BIPOC? Um, and so what was uh, your experience and what were your takeaways um, before adding the new level of nuance um, versus after? And for those listening, that new level of nuance is within by, for, and about, there is high impact, medium impact, and low impact. So if you can both talk a little bit about that. 
great. This is this is T. I so it's interesting. So this is our first time in the cohort. So for us, kind of all of this was new. Mm -hmm. um, although we have been doing it sort of internally at our organization, and and I have been thinking about all this for years. Um, I just was as we were preparing for today, I was thinking about um, the gratitude to have been in community with Justin Lang, who many listeners probably know as former GIA board member, as so kind of such a catalyst to GIA's um, racial equity work, you know, from the beginning and still. Um, and so really just catalyzed my commitment and, you know, Know, continuing to like grow my understanding and capacity as well as wherever I am and those around me. Um, so just I've, I've just been holding how having this kind of imperfect picture of ourselves through data analysis is is just part of this holding ourselves accountable and kind of ultimately helping our communities hold ourselves accountable as well to kind of the justice and equity that we say we're working toward. Um, so internally at Opportunity Fund, we have been doing this work and and most mostly sort of focused on those the by and the four pieces. Um, so to add the about and to add the high, low, medium was all kind of um, things I was really doing for the first time in this cohort, which was just lovely to add that kind of level of nuance. And um, I think Adam in the previous podcast put it so well of just like how what's always so difficult about doing this kind of data work is how it reduces people or erases people. And we're so much more nuanced than that, right? And so the way that that adds some of that, a little bit of that nuance back in, knowing that we can never kind of capture the full complexity of individuals, of entities, of like everything that's happening. Um, and so I, I really appreciated that. And in particular, wrestling with the about um, piece of it for us, um, because so many of our organizations are small it almost always that the four and the bout were the exact same code um, but there is nuance that we're losing in the process that we're doing internally that i could see coming out in this process um, that i really appreciated so so that's that's where i'm at at the moment love to hear eleanor's thoughts yeah i agree with you t the the nuanced uh, approach so that you're you're not just looking at executive leadership to consider how deeply racial equity is embedded in an organization. And I also found that the, the nuances helped with uh, organizational change uh, because we looked at, you know, a couple of data sets uh, over a two-year period and there was leadership change that if you were just looking at that would impact how you rated an organization. So getting to the, to, you know, all of the ways in which an organization uh, through leadership, through staffing, through the programs, the board, their expressed intentions, you know, all, all of those nuances are really important. That's great. Thanks, Eleanor. I am going to stay with you because you started to talk about this and this is my next question. How did you measure low impact? How did you measure medium? How did you measure high? And then I'd love to hear from UT as well. Sure. I, I'll center on the four category. Sure. sure. Uh, so this is the, the grants, beneficiaries, and the intent. So Jerome Foundation, we're focused on early career artists. We're very involved in 
the programs that an organization offers and interested in who the beneficiaries are. And so our kind of knowledge of organizations really understands the beneficiaries as the artist involved in those programs versus audiences or students or communities. Uh, and having a, a, a clear definition in terms of impact of high being beneficiaries are three quarters or more Alana artist, uh, medium is one third to three quarters Alana, low ranking would be a, a, a low portion fewer than one third, and no would be no commitment to beneficiaries Alana artist. So that makes it really clear when you are going through and, and thinking about how to, to rate, you have something very tangible to think about. Mm, thank you, Eleanor. And I appreciate you really unpacking um, the definition and at Jerome, you're, who you're talking about when you're talking about beneficiaries. I think that's mm -hmm. really important um, for understanding how you're measuring. Sorry, yeah. Just one more point. I. Mm -hmm. So we were able as a cohort to kind of share our rank, rankings of different organizations and noticing that uh, another funder who is doing general operating to some of the same organizations that we're supporting uh, programmatically, there was some difference there in terms of the rating around the four, because we're focused on the artist in the programs, they're focused on audiences. And so- it's very interesting to see how what your focus is as a funder influences what you're paying attention to. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Eleanor. T, I'd love to hear from you as well. Yeah, no, that's so interesting because I think I was thinking about it similarly, but with a different dimension of even just local context can influence these things, right? And so um, for us with that four category, like Pittsburgh is unfortunately a city that is still more predominantly white than a lot of other cities. And so to reach that 75% threshold, even for our most BIPOC centered entities was really tough. Like, and so almost, you know, really for us, like a high is like 50% or more um, in this region. So I was thinking about that. Um, and then in the sort of by category, um, you know, we, I, what I, was really doing was using the guide as much as possible to move through this process. Um, but in the buy category here in Pittsburgh, we have, you know, kind of one of the, one of few, I understand, Black-led community foundations, and they have a very specific definition of what a Black-led organization is. And so here in Pittsburgh, and when I'm doing the process somewhat internally, I'm kind of trying to follow that to just really support this community and how we're, we're kind of thinking about it here. Uh, and so it's a little different than the, than the guide. And so it's just going to be really interesting to think about how funders are going to use this guide, hopefully more broadly, as Maureen talked about eventually, yeah. um, and then find the ways to yeah, have the different focus as a funder, to have the different local contexts and how that influences all of it in really interesting ways, so. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, that's, that's the hope that more people will use it in the future and um, it'll keep developing and getting a little bit more precise, right? Each time using all of the insights that you all share. Um, and so for our next question, I'm curious about what you learned um, as you went through this process. 
I can start us off. This is Eleanor. So I found that the organizations that I have, you know, longer relationship with and, you know, more experience with, it was easier to feel confident of my rating that I was, you know, accurately understanding, you know, all of these parameters and how they are at work within an organization. And for those that I, I didn't have that information on, you know, I had to do some research. I, I found myself, you know, really digging into reports and also, you know, relying on uh, the organization's website to, you know, just fact check myself. Uh, so again, you know, we, we talk about how important relationship is in grant making especially in a, a racial equity context. And I think that bringing that into this kind of, you know, data assessment is, is critical as well. Sure. That's great. T, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, there was, there, I mean, so many small and larger <laughs> learnings. Like, sure. um, but I, what I think, you know, what kept coming up to me is just like, gosh, I've been thinking about this for a long time. And then so many other folks are adding such you know, nuance and support to my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, two things sort of came up. I think um, I'm grateful that we, we ask in a really narrative way in our application, both around, especially the kind of self-identification of, of who you are, who's your leadership, all of that, and the community served and really doing our best to to believe folks and to use that as the sort of basis for the ratings. Mm-hmm. And I'm holding the nuance, I think um, Adam might've talked about this in the previous episode of that, like sometimes people are, are saying more than they are at the moment or that we're all like sometimes like saying before we get there. Um, mm-hmm. So just thinking about that. Um, and then something that I think is, is a little unique to me. So I have the privilege of being in a seven-year-old foundation, right? And so <laughs> I am able, I'm working on just the, the actually sort of back coding to get to the whole picture of this entity. And what's so interesting to me is to look both sort of cycle by cycle, year by year, like we did in the cohort, and actually then look at the cumulative at each moment in time. And like, how is that cumulative shift happening? And how much intentional shift has to happen like cycle by cycle, year by year to shift the overall equity since the beginning of this only seven-year-old foundation that even that's you know been somewhat focused on this work from the beginning. And so that just makes me think about just just all, you know, the, the long history of so many types of repair. So, you know, what... <laughs> There's so much tied into that, but that's that's kind of the piece that I want to keep teasing out is just how much shift has to happen to start making the whole history look somewhat better in this moment then. Um, yeah. So if if we're going to keep keep at it, right, keep with this iterative process, um, I'm staying with you, T, what questions will you continue to ask as the project continues forward so that we can reshape the present, right? And move in the direction that we want to at a pace that we want to, which is quickly. Yeah. And mindfully, of course. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Questions are just present every moment. I think um, (laughs) 
one of the things that I did here came up in the previous conversation too, was this idea of getting to the dollars. Like for me, that that is just essential because it actually looks, you know, when I look at ours and I'm trying to do both like number of grants and dollars, it often looks pretty different. Um, it also has felt important to us at Opportunity Fund to look at um, identities within BIPOC identities. And so for us, like in Pittsburgh, there's such a context of like really moving toward more Black-led organizations, but I see like a still a real lack of funding for AAPI-led organizations, for Native Indigenous-led organizations. And we're trying to track to that level um, to really see that nuance as well, which, you know, is also so important. So, so those yeah, are some things I'm curious about, about how we could move all of that forward, um, as well as this idea of how the framework could be applied to this disability, to gender, to all of the other areas like that as well. That's great. Thanks to you. Eleanor, what questions are you having kind of cycle through your mind or float through your mind either now or as you went through this process? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I definitely had questions about how there is flux within organizations, especially at this time, mm -hmm. in terms of staffing, in terms of leadership, in terms of, you know, program restructuring. And so just, you know, data can be used in a very rigid way. And I think that we need to, you know, find ways to kind of flow with with all of the fluctuations and changes that are happening. And I think another question that I have is uh, is about how we're involving arts organizations directly in the process. Okay. Um, you know, in my experience with all aspects of grant making, I like to take the guesswork and interpretation out and be in direct conversation with artists and, and arts organization leaders. And so, you know, with the caveat that people, you know, may not always be as clear uh, or, you know, may exaggerate kind of where they are currently. Mm -hmm. I think that there also is some, you know, very honest communication happening about where people are and what they're doing and where they want to go. And, so that's one of the things that we're thinking about at Jerome is just how do we build these questions into our, you know, application uh, and reporting process uh, so that we're partnering on that interpretation. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's great. As you looked at, you know, organize, I'm going to say organization A, organization A, you were evaluating that by using the buy for and about framework you stayed with four, looked at high impact, low impact, or medium impact, but specifically you were looking at beneficiaries. Um, someone else was looking at the same, another group that was looking at the same organization was looking at audience, and you both kind of came up with something very different in terms of like your final evaluation. So I'm wondering, similar to that moment, what else surprised you for both of you as you went through this process, especially as people who who are very much involved with racial equity work outside of this project, so. So one of the things that I didn't even think about until, you know, we looked at our aggregated uh, data is that Jerome is on a, um, 
alternating cycle every other year with our grant program. So for our, our arts organization program, we fund every two years and we, we give multi-year grants. So when you aggregate that, it looks like <laughs> Jerome Foundation is not supporting any organizations every other year. <laughs> um, and we're, we're all trying to move to this multi-year funding practice uh, so that we, we don't put people through this enormous amount of work every year. Um, mm -hmm. So just thinking about the, you know, how are we aggregating and representing that and what does it tell us? Uh, because there are such, you know, nuances that you might not know unless you knew, you know. So what happened to Jerome Foundation in the aggregation, you know, I wonder how what we don't know about an organization might show up in the data just because we don't know, uh, we might make assumptions. And so I think that whenever you are putting data together, if you see something that is a question mark, I think it's, it reminded me, I always ask the question, what does this mean? What is this reflecting versus making a um, judgment uh, about uh, you know, an organization just based on the data. Right. And even if it's a good judgment or, or not good, or, yeah. just, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's great. T, anything surprising? Yeah, I think um, it's a great question and several things are coming to mind, but I think the, the thing that maybe I, I got some reinforcement that I just think is important is just like seeing trend data over time, like even beyond two or three years, like it's just now that the foundation is seven years old, like it's starting to look like something and you can start mm -hmm. to see where, what's going up, what's going down. Like even when I was sort of looking at our general operating support versus program support, and we put some real intention in terms of shifting that percentage and, and to you know, see that over you know, a chunk of years um, has been really powerful and kind of just getting to that now. And so how much, how long this work is, how, how like, <laughs> It's, mm -hmm. it's a lot over a lot of time to get clearer pictures, to start to understand yourself more, to start to make decisions and to see if what's happening aligns with what your intentions are and your goals are. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. That's right. Um, absolutely right. And, and we talked about that in our first episode as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up again here today. And before we wrap up, do you, either of you, have any final thoughts that you want to leave with our listeners? I'll dive in here. I, I think that it's important to just always hold central why we're doing this work, why, why the data collection work, because I think that, you know, it does take a lot of time for any organization to you know, collect data to uh, present that information. And so, you know, the reason for Jerome Foundation is we want to be transparent and accountable uh, with ourselves and with the artists and the arts organizations that we serve and to arts fields and, and the philanthropic field at large about what we're doing, who we're funding, where, where the funding's going, 
and who's involved in the decision-making. And so I think it, whenever we collect data, we always share why, what the purpose, what the intention of it is, you know, we're asking you to do this work. This is why it's important. It's about accountability. It's about transparency. And so that's what I, you know, a lesson learned is that communicating the why and, and also holding that, you know, when you're working with uh, data is really important. Yeah. I'll second and support all of that for sure. Um, and related, we, and I know this is going to be really challenging for a lot of foundations, but our small foundation where we have, you know, a group of folks that is committed to keep doing this is, is going to, we're going to find the way and it's, it's coming soon to actually start putting some of this on our website so that it's not just looked at internally. So it can be really this kind of shared accountability. The community can say, Hey, here's what's happening. We want to see you do more, do this. Um, and, and I'm sure the, the questions that will come up around that will be so that being in collaboration around how this works, um, will be really powerful. And, and I think the other thought too, I think you're touching on this, Eleanor, is just, this is so much about power, right? And so like mm -hmm. the way the guide and the framework has been built is that's been thought of, you know, that all of this is um, about how, how the power was made more clear and transparent and shifts um, over time. So, yeah. It's been a powerful exercise and I'm really grateful to have been in collaboration with Eleanor and all of the other folks that were part of this. So. Yeah, I'll second that collaboration around this with, with other funders was really important. And it, it gets easier over time to understand what you're doing and, and the impact of what you're doing and having others to talk to and be a sounding board just so incredibly valuable. And I would share one more story about the Please. power piece and the reckoning with, you know, kind of looking at your data over time, especially the funding over time. Uh, Jerome was working with the Twin Cities Theaters of Color Coalition and it's five uh, BIPOC led theaters. And one of the things that I did right away in our work together was just invited all the funders that were involved to share the data on how much funding that they had contributed over the length of, of their record keeping as a foundation or a funder to the BIPOC theaters, and then how much funding they had contributed to all of the large white uh, theater organizations over the same time period. And it was, it was a um, heart-stopping moment, I think, for not only the funders in the room, but for the, the BIPOC organizations who knew this, but having the kind of tangible data to see it was, was stark and empow empowering and also uh, you know, makes you stop in your tracks when you, you know, you see the level of disparity and inequity. And so I think that it can be, this can be really powerful uh, change-making work 
it can and it can help fuel the racial equity uh, work that we're all doing. Absolutely. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for sharing that, Eleanor. That is the beautiful demonstration of how this can really make change and really make things clear. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, and we talk about this all the time and um, how important it is to fund BIPOC organizations, Alana organizations. There isn't enough money um, going in that direction. And we talk and talk and talk and then people don't necessarily feel it if you're not a part of that community um, until they're really seeing it happen before their very, very eyes, like you just mentioned, Eleanor. Um, I, I, um, I can really, I really appreciate you bringing that story into this, Eleanor. Um, and I, while, you know, this particular series will only, we're planning on only three episodes, stay tuned listeners, but, but um, you know, this, that's, that reflects a much larger conversation that I'm hoping more people will get involved with. Um, and so thank you. And thank you both, both for being here today for our second episode of the Racial Equity Coding Project podcast series. Um, for those listening, we talked last time about this work being work that will take time. Um, and also today, we talked a lot about making sure you're asking questions and leading into that why. Um, so please continue to do that as we partner in this work together. And please be sure to tune in to our future episodes of this podcast series on the Racial Equity Coding Project. If you're not already doing so, be sure to follow us on Facebook at GI Arts, Twitter at GI Arts, and Instagram at Grantmakers in the Arts so you can continue engaging in these conversations with us. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me, Sherilyn Seeley at Sherilyn at GI Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.